Welcome to Hood Healing. Buenas noches. You're Lydia with a Y. Lydia with the I. Today we're going to talk about passive aggressive behavior. And I have a quote I want to start us out with. People say fuck you in different ways. You just got to pay attention. It's called being passive. <laughs> and if that ain't the truth, I don't know what is. Anyhow. So I think let's start off by defining what passive aggressive behavior sounds and looks like. These are just some examples that we're going to talk about, but you can kind of get the idea. Um, passive aggressive behavior sounds and looks like using sarcasm to share how we really feel <clears throat> instead of being direct, subtly insulting someone through backhanded compliments. If you have a Mexican mom, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uses the silent treatment as a way to punish or express anger, make indirect complaints, posting subliminals on social media versus having a conversation with whoever the posts are directed at. Um, are passively resistant, agreeing to do something, but intentionally not doing it well because you didn't want to do it in the first place. I think that was me. Like my dad would always give us a silent treatment and that she would hurt, you know, because yeah. he would be sitting there wondering like, what did I do now? Like, or what did I say? You know what I'm saying? And I think that I got that from my dad. Like when it would come to <laughs> Oh, fuck with that. Uh, we have some aggressive behavior happening I, around us. I think the cats are fighting under the table. And we're... I think that's, that's, um, I got that from my dad. Like, mm -hmm. instead of like calling shit out to Susie, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would uh, kind of just give her the silent treatment and instead of like talking about it right there and then. But I've gotten better at that. Like, now I actually, if something's bothering me, I'm going to tell her how it is right there and then, you know? Yeah. Talk about it, resolve the issue, resolve the problem. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think definitely, I'm sure we've all engaged, right, in different um, passive behaviors, passive aggressive behaviors. I mean, <clears throat> I know that, like, I will definitely, um, you know, throw the shady boots at somebody I don't like if they're in my presence and, you know, people don't want to don't want 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 the drama to start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously now that I'm older, like I don't do that cuz I'm just like I'm just not going to, you know, Same. interact, but um in the past, like when I was young, there would be I remember there one of my I I had very good intuition about people so i'd always be like i don't know what it is about that girl i just don't like her and my friend would always be like no she's not. like <clears throat> one of my friends always had like a new friend that they love so much like every you know so often and i would just feel like oh gosh like she's giving me giving me a bad she's vibe. giving me a bad vibe like the vibes are off <clears throat> and i would be like the vibes are off but then instead of me saying like i'm really not okay with your behavior i would just be like oh nice hair like be a jerk i would be a bitch yeah and <clears throat> you know i think emotionally like i was young so i'd never learned how to do that you know mm -hmm. and that's something like my mom would say things like oh oh you know that outfit is really good but uh, you're you have to cover up your roles girl fuck? that's why i've got so many body issues because this woman 
But um, and your mom is like, I don't get it, dude. When you talk about like your mom is, I'm like, she says that with so so sweetheart, like she's so sweet. Because she says it in a nice way, she'll be like, "Oh, yeah, I really, you know, that's really nice." But oh, you know, like sometimes I'm like, just please don't say anything at all. But you know, but I also think it's like such a big part of our culture, like these yeah, backhanded sure. compliments. And I was doing research one time in college about, um, like I think it was just like about parenting and back in the days, like in the, in the indigenous Mayan days, they had a belief because, you know, back in those days, like if you had a baby, like babies were passing away so easily, they would be like, don't say anything nice about the baby because then, you know, basically their God would take the baby away. So (laughs) this cultural pattern started where it was like, you know, oh, not, and there's kind of like the saying that's like, don't brag too much because it'll get taken away. And so we kind of live with this basically trauma yeah. <laughs> that's been like passed down. And so I think that's where some of this comes from, you know, this idea that you don't want to make your kids too, <laughs> too confident <laughs> because it's not good for them. But the truth is, is like, you know, when people are like, arrogant or whatever whatever that's usually because they're very um what's that called insecure like people who engage in those behaviors aren't doing it because they feel good about themselves because trust me when you feel good about yourself you're not like i'm the best and i'm this and i'm that you're like "Mm, something's going on there for you a lot of people that are like that Mm. they were like oh you look nice but you're yeah this and that you know what i'm saying like yeah and that's not cool. And, you know, so it's passive aggressive behavior. And so I think what ends up happening is then it results in just negative feelings that we can get. The one I think that both of us were like, oh my gosh, yes, was the, the, the posting. The posting. Make indirect complaints, getting subliminals on social media, <clears throat> which obviously this isn't, this is like a new thing that people are starting to do because you know but i mean some of the, the things that you post too at least me like i just post stuff sometimes just like because i like what it says you know what i'm saying like, yeah and i have people asking like who's that for or, who are like, you shooting girl, that at you know what i'm saying like yeah and it's like, I ain't got to shoot shit at anyone, you know what I'm saying? But some of them do, or some of them I am. Some of them you're like, mm, yeah, I this hope is you, for you see I hope this. You see this shit. Okay, the one that I post that's like, you're in therapy because you're dealing with people who won't go to therapy. That's just to let you know for all those fucking people that <laughs> keep doing shit to us that aren't going to therapy. <clears throat> so yes, that's direct. But But I do understand, like for me... I always kind of go like, why am I putting this out there? And sometimes, you know, I think if you've not learned how to healthily communicate with people directly, sometimes that's like the only way you feel like, okay, I know this person checks social media, so I'm going to put that on there. But instead of that, I wonder, like, would the communication change if you sent it to that person directly and say something like, you know, this is how I feel right now? Because... But some people don't even get it. 
I know. Like some people are so like, you know what I'm saying? That they won't get it. Cringe. Or they pretend not to understand what you're trying to say. Right. And then you have the people that think everything's for them. And it's like, calm down. Yeah. Okay. Calm down, sister. This ain't for you. Um, but it is, it is hard because if we haven't learned how to communicate with people directly, then it can feel very scary. And <clears throat> I think one of the things that, you know, is very, very difficult is, you know, I, I honestly, like I used to definitely do passive aggressive stuff because I felt like if I was direct with someone, then they would not see me as they would cut off a relationship or they would just not see me as like a nice person anymore. And I just didn't want to deal with the conflict. And part of that was because I had a home where it was like conflict was scary because people, my, my dad, <laughs> And one of my siblings would just like blow up. <clears throat> like if I went to, you know, my dad and said, you know, I have a problem with this. It would be like a fight. Sure. Not like a fist fight, but just like, no, you yeah, know, yeah. he would start getting <clears throat> very fairly aggressive, like with how he was talking that it really scared me. Like confrontation is very scary because nothing ever good came out of it. And now that I've had conversations that are healthy where people can express their feelings and people acknowledge each other. Like you don't have to agree. You could say like, you know, I'm feeling this type of way about this, what you did. I'm not sure if that's what you meant to happen, but I'm just letting you know, having that other person say like, gosh, I'm really sorry. I didn't know you felt that way. That wasn't what I was meaning the, you know, intending, but <clears throat> thank you for letting me know. So I know in the future, like blah, 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 whatever. But a lot of us didn't learn that. I wish it was that easy to talk to my parents. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, now it is to my mom, but I don't see myself being able to talk to my dad like that because he's never wrong. Well, and that's emotional maturity. And I don't want people to think that we're saying like someone isn't is immature or mature, like how we think of it, you know, <clears throat> but emotionally, emotional maturity, which I think we probably should just do a full episode about it. Cause I feel like it's such good information has to do with how we regulate our emotions, how we express those emotions. And tip, I mean, traditionally in Mexican culture, like you're not going out there. If it's a negative feeling, you've not been given the permission to express that. If it's positive, of course, right? It's like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm this, I'm that. <clears throat> but if you were to tell like somebody like, I'm depressed, I'm struggling, I'm anxious. They're like, what are you anxious about? Like, you can't, you know? So I think that that emotional maturity does, has not happened for many of us. I mean, I look back at some of the stuff I did. I was thinking about this recently. I hadn't thought about this in a very long time. But I went out with somebody and it was kind of like this back and forth thing for like the longest time. And one time we got into it because I felt like it was like we were still kind of like seeing each other. But then, you know, he's like, we're not together. I don't want to have a girlfriend. And I literally went off like the hinges. <laughs> I was like yelling and crying, you know, and obviously he's like, you're acting crazy. I mean, I was 18. So like that, I have a good excuse, but I was like, 
and I've done this, I've went ham on Frank before. So, but, um, I went totally crazy ham and I was crying and he's like, I want to leave. Cause he was like done with, with me acting like this. And I literally took his keys out of the what the fuck? And I threw him across the street and there he goes like walking across the street. And I'm like, that was so crazy. Toxica. It was for reals. And it was <laughs> kind of like, that's how we were. But I think about like, <clears throat> I mean, my parents, It the interesting thing is they never fought in front of us, like very, very, very rarely. But I thought that that's how you expressed love to someone in care is like, I want to show you <laughs> fucking nuts. I'll go on you. <laughs> but you know, when you don't have like models for good, like relationships, good and good ways to express true feelings. Cause I was just like, you know, I wasn't even really saying how I really felt. And what I was really feeling at the time was like, I'm feeling sad because I know this relationship is ending and I would, I couldn't say that it was just like just off the hinges yeah <laughs> basically um but you know and i think that when we don't have like those ways to express ourselves it turns into like this very toxic behavior so like one of the things that we kind of talked about as we were preparing for this was like the silent treatment i would always give the silent treatment and I think because, like, once again, I think I picked that up from my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was mad at my mom or something, like, he would just fucking not say shit. Like, he would just sit down, have dinner, get up, and take off, you know? And I think that, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it was to avoid having to argue in front of us or what. You know what I'm saying? But I think that's how I was, too, for a long time. Like, if something pissed me off, like, something my friends did, I wouldn't bring it up. Like, I'd just give them the silent treatment. Or like you, like, I just try to, like, talk shit to them, you know what I'm saying? Try to, like, hurt them. Well, the the silent treatment is actually an emotionally abusive tactic that people use because it's a way to say, like, I don't, I no longer acknowledge you as a person. I'm going to pretend like you're not here. And what that does for the person that you're doing it to is it makes them question like, wow, you know, like it really affects people's self-esteem. It gives people anxiety. Well, that happened to me. Like I'm going to throw names out there. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? But I got put in that situation. Like someone gave me the silent treatment, someone that I respected very much, yeah. you know, um, gave me the silent treatment and had me going home, like questioning, like, what did I do? Like, what did I do? Like, what did I say to this person? Like, all I've ever done was respect this person. And all of a sudden they're like, not saying hi, turning their face away from me. Like, Mm -hmm. how does that, like, how do you do that to someone, you know? Yeah. And then, um, I'm assuming when that person was ready to talk, like they told me, they had me thinking that I fucked up. Well, and that's, classic like gaslighting a lot of people like i see this over you so much especially on social media but that's when someone's basically telling you like what you experienced is not really what you experienced like i I, when i was telling you guys like for a minute she had me thinking like fuck like i fucked up like i was an asshole like how dare me like disrespect this 
adult, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though we're both adults, but I mean, like, someone that I've always respected, you know what I'm saying? Like, really had me, like, sitting there feeling like shit, like, fuck, like, I really disrespected this person. And then, like, I snapped out of it, like, real quick, like, no, wait a minute. I'm yeah, not, you're I'm like, not, hold on. Yeah, I did nothing wrong. Like, yeah. I'm thinking back and remembering, and I never disrespected you. I never treated you bad. You know what I'm saying? It was you. Well, and, and the passive aggression there is that like this person, you know, didn't, didn't maybe ex- like say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm having a bad day today or whoever, who, what, probably something going on that has nothing to do with you yeah. and instead took it out on you. And instead of taking accountability and saying, you know, like, you know what? I was just having a bad day and I'm sorry I acted like that, that that wasn't my intention. Um, they then tried to say like, oh, well, you you imagine that all in your head. Like yeah, it's not true. Like, and you're like, girl, girl. Right there in person, like I'm so happy that I snapped out of it. And even on the way home, like I started telling Susie like, that was some crazy shit. Like, oh, trust me. She really had me thinking like, you're an asshole. Like you disrespected. Like how dare you disrespect? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yep. and then all of a sudden like, like I snapped out of it and Susie was sitting there and Susie was like I was like I hope she snaps out of it you know what I'm saying like I hope she realizes that she did nothing wrong you know what I mean and I did and I'm happy that I did you know what I'm saying because if not imagine I would have been sitting there fucking feeling like shit this whole time well and um, silent treatment is used as a form of punishment or control or manipulation and so I think the the intent of the person who is doing it, it's like, I'm going to punish you for not, you know, for either not agreeing with me for doing something that I'm really upset about. I'm not going to tell you (laughs) what that is. I'm just going to cut it off because then that way you can't, you know, we can't have a conversation about this. And for a lot of people, that's like so bothersome. It's like, well, what did I do? And you start to question yourself because you're just like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And, you know, and, and it is a form of emotional abuse. And I think what's really hard is just acknowledging how impactful that can be. So I did a, a domestic violence training and they're like, the silent treatment is actual emotional abuse. And I was like, what the fuck? And I remember I came home and like totally started crying because number one, I've given my child the silent treatment because I'm like, you're like, especially, you know, there's been times where I'm so upset with him. Not now because we talk about it. Um he he recently made me upset because he we had a conversation about somebody and he went and like told that person. I was like, what the fuck, dude? This is like between us. Anyways, but but the thing is, is like we we had a conversation that was calm and I just said, I'm gonna let you know this is how it makes me feel. <clears throat> These are the consequences of that. So we had like this really nice discussion and it was like, okay, that's it. Like I'm not gonna sit here and like punish you by not talking to you for the rest of the night or act like you don't exist. Cause like how cruel, cruel is that for me as a mom to act like my child no longer exists to me or like, you don't, you're not worthy of me to even put any energy towards right now. And so 
you know, obviously that's a, that's a behavior that both Frank and I are working on, you know, we're like even to each other. And, um, I remember I came home and told him the same thing and he was like, like, you know, (laughs) but I'm like, I, you know, and so what, what we, what I do now to hold him accountable when he starts to kind of do his, like, I'm fine. He, it was so bad. He used to be like, I'm okay. I'm fine. And I'm like, there's obviously a problem here because you're acting this way and you're talking to me this way. And he would literally change his tone. Like, Oh, I am all right. Like, (laughs) bitch, you are not okay. Like, what are you upset about? Like, don't lie to me. I know you're upset about something. And I think it was very hard because it was hard for him to express his feelings. He, He didn't have the tools yet for that. And then I feel like now that he's going to therapy, you know, if I say like, what's going on with you? I've noticed, you know, X, Y, Z. I think I've also had to kind of like step back a little bit and not come at him so intensely. Yeah. Because I think that that is triggering for him for me to be like, what's your problem? So I'm always like, I noticed this is going on for you. Like what's happening? I'm worried. Or it's making me feel like X, Y, Z. Because a lot of times when we're like, I mean, we could be pissed off for sure, mm-hmm. but sometimes we're worried or anxious and it comes out as like anger. And then people are like, I'm not going to engage in this. So their response could be the passive aggressive like behavior because they're afraid. It's like triggering something for them. Oh, that I hate when people do that sarcastic. No, nothing's wrong. No, no, I'm good. And it's like, you know, if something's up, you know what I'm saying? Like, just say what you got to say. No, no, everything's good. Yeah. Or do you want to eat here? Well, I guess you're you're the one who picks all the places all the time. (laughs) It's like, fuck, well, shit. If you want to pick, go ahead. You know, that's me right now. I pick everywhere we eat, which is in and out. Well, that Benita's very picky. Yeah. Got people asking me, is that her name, Benita? (laughs) That's not her name. That's the name I gave her. That is a long story, but that might be her middle name. We don't know anymore. <laughs> Benita in and out. Joe's Italian ice. Um, so another I think thing is like agreeing to do stuff and then not do like you're either not do it or you're like, I'm not gonna do it, you know. There's this thing, and I think this is like a a a male female thing that that occurs in a lot of relationships and marriages, but there's this behavior where men will purposely pretend like they can't do something so they don't have to do it. And a lot of times it has to do with like house stuff or uh, raising children or taking care of kids. And trust me, I call his ass out on it all the time. (laughs) I'm like, are you for real? You cannot figure this out. I can't do it. You go, oh, I'm like, oh my God, this man, I swear (laughs) to God, I swear. I'm telling you, did you see that one meme that I sent with the ladies like, Tells her husband to go do something. He doesn't do it. So then she comes walking in with the fucking ladder like a minute later. I'm like, that's Lydia right there. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely us. That was Susie and Evie when I had gotten my surgery and the grass needed to be cut. I don't know how to do it. What is it? What is it? What is it that you don't know how to do? Turn it on. Yeah, there you go. And no, I don't, no, 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 no. I don't know. How, I'll just, I'll turn it on. 
If you're just gonna go straight and then come back around, yeah, girl, it's like uh, vacuuming your living yeah. room, but you're vacuuming your front yard. And then boom, they both like took turns cutting grass. But it was like I don't know how to do it. You haven't even tried. <laughs> well, and I think like you know, there's a lot of women who feel so overwhelmed with just like you know how how they. um are taking care of the house. Yeah. It's like, motherfucker, you you can fucking use a forklift at work. You can fucking take care of a two-year-old child. Like, come on. True. But, you know, I think that's one, one thing. I think they, I can't remember what they call it, but it, there's a term for it and it's a real thing. And it's really like such a passive aggressive behavior. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who probably have experienced that who are married to, to men, unfortunately. <laughs> Oh, that's why I'm married to a woman, <laughs> girl. I don't know. This just tells you sexuality is not a choice because a lot of us are still hanging around, hanging around. Nobody string. I love this man. I do. But um, I think another like form of passive aggressive behavior that we see a lot of times is, you know, just these, you know, <clears throat> where people will agree to do something and then they get really angry about it, like resentful. So for example, you know, like someone's like, sure, I'll, you know, plan your whole, like shout your whole baby shower. And then they're like upset. No one did this for you, by the way, because you guys did your own planning, but <laughs> I've seen it where people yeah. are like, yeah, I'll take on this whole big thing. And then all of a sudden they're like, I don't know why I have to do everything. It's like, but why did you volunteer then? Did you volunteer? Girl, I know, you know, and part of that too is like doing stuff for people and then feeling like, oh, well, they didn't appreciate it or they're, you know, like they, they owe me now. And I don't like, like that shit. Like, you, if you're going to do something, you're going to do it out of the kindness of your heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, not expect anything back. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of people that do expect shit back. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, you blah, 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 blah. Oh, remember like, when I did this for you? Like, No, I don't because hey. I'm fucking old as shit and I don't remember anything. <laughs> That's what I would say. But it's like, don't do it if you don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? I, I remember, I, I don't even know what we were talking about. I think... I, I went to like a conference and they had a set set. Well, I think it was a session on like setting boundaries or something. I can't quite remember, but this woman's like, you know, when we, when we overextend ourselves and we do too much for people and we want to like be the helper and we want to be the person we're trying to control how people see us. And I was like, fuck, man, that's so true. Like, we want to control how people see us. So we want people to think we're a good person, we're, we'll go bend over backwards. Um, and so we're not truly doing it because we want to help someone. We're doing it because we're trying to, like, manipulate how people see us. Like, you want people to have a certain kind of, like, um, vision of, like, what you think we, you are. And I'm like, oh shit, that's so true. So, um, recently I, I, I follow horoscope and I'm not ashamed of this. <laughs> 
but I saw one and it's like the eclipse is coming and you need to start showing up for yourself. And if you don't show up for yourself, then you're never going to be happy. And I was like, fuck, that's so true. And I think in the past, I've always like, you know, put myself above like my, my, you know, or not put myself above, put other people like my spouse, my child, other people in my life, like their needs. And I remember a couple of years ago, my, my therapist was like, you know, I was just, I I was going through like a very difficult time and was very anxious and was like really depressed. And she's like, you know, you need to start doing hobby. Like, can you do one thing that you really enjoy doing for yourself? Yeah. Once a week, like this is your self-care part. And she said, you know, what do you like to do? Like, what's the one thing in your life you like to do? And I literally could not think of one thing. That's because like I had, you were too busy taking care of everyone else, taking care of everyone else. And that has just been an ongoing struggle. Now I feel like my horoscope was like, you need to take care of yourself. Like it's another reminder. And so I was like, you know, even at work, because I was always like the one that would go above and beyond. They're not fucking paying me more to go <laughs> above and beyond number one. And I went, you know, I someone said, if you die tomorrow, they're going to post your Fuck job yeah. the next fucking week. And I'm like, true story. So for me, I'm just like, I'm going to show up for the people I love and care for. But I need to save like something for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, like as you go into motherhood, like you'll understand this when your baby's here, but like you'll never love anyone that fucking much. Like I already, that's what I was talking to there. Like, yeah. I told, I was telling Susie, like, I tell Susie like all the time, I'm like, I love this little girl so much. She's not even here yet. Imagine when she's here. No. It's, it's so intense. Like, I, I'm such a, I was such a mess. I remember like the first, of course, the first month I was like, this is so weird. Like I just felt it was so weird, you know, like just having this baby and stuff. And I'm like, oh, because, you know, you see these movies and everyone's like, oh, I love this baby. As soon as the baby comes out and then you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of awkward, which is totally normal, by the way. But everyone, you know, who had kids was like, you'll never feel that love even for your part partner like you love your partner in a different way yes yeah but that baby like there's just something about that love that you have for your child that's like indescribable but I think sometimes we can get into this place where it's like I'm going to do everything for you so you never have to feel pain so you never have to feel discomfort and what I learned from that is actually that that's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we build our own resilience. I mean, obviously you're not going to want to like fucking leave your kid in the dust, but, yeah. but we have to let them like have a little bit of struggle, you know? Cause it's I'm going to be hard, dude. I was telling this man over here. I'm mm-hmm. like, our fucking kid would not know what to do if something happened. Like <laughs> it was a nurse quick or something. Oh I was like, so I'm, I'm like, I am so scared. Cause like I was definitely the other extreme where like at, at, at his age, I'm like rolling around town and I knew how to like put gas in my car. I knew how to, um, take the bus. Like I was taking the bus when I was like 12 years old, like taking the fucking city bus with all the perverts. 
Oh my god. And I'm like, and this fucking kid would not even know like how to take the bus. And I'm like, oh gosh, that is a parenting fail that I'm readily admitting to. But just do it one day, like for fun. Just have you and him oh take the god. bus for you. Like, ain't trying to take no public <laughs> bus. He'd be like, that goes the lady from Wood Hilly. <laughs> She's, she's the, the 25 no like both or same frame i know Take the bus from like here to like the westminster mall or something. oh shit yeah but but you know like i just anyways i just i and i still love this child of course but you know i think you have to you do have to kind of like get to this place where you are keeping a little bit for yourself and not like feeling guilty about it. Cause like, that's the message I know we've all gotten, especially Mexican folks, Latinas, Latin people that we have to give up our lives for our children. And if we don't, we're not good moms. But at the end of the day, what ends up happening is that it turns into like this passive aggressive behavior because you start to get very resentful when you've done so, so much for your kids and they don't, they don't give you the same back. Yeah. And they probably won't for a long time because they're kids and they're still developing and they still need us to care for them. And they're still in that selfish mode. They're not going to at 16 years old go, Oh mom, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and appreciate you every day. I mean, for for those of us who have kids that do do that and have seen that modeled, like that's great and everything. But the reality is, is like, you know, I took something to this kid at school the other day. I broke up my fucking work day to drop something off. And he didn't even come out and say, say thank you. He sent <laughs> his friend out to get it. Showed up. Yes. I was like, this little motherfucker, really? And But that's part of being a parent. And if we constantly like rely on that and then we're passive aggressive, that's not good for our kids. You know, like, it's like one thing to be like, Hey, you know what? I just want to let you know that I, in which I did, I was like, I broke my day in half. So it was very inconvenient. And I hope I don't have to do that again, but I would appreciate it if you were to acknowledge that that was not an easy thing for me to do. So that's like a direct communication. What do you say? It's like, sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like, pinche niño. But, <laughs> girl, but you know, but it's like, your children will still love you even when you tell them things that are hard. And I think as long as we communicate in a healthy way, you know, we can have a conversation with kids and say, when you do this, this makes me feel this way. So then they're, again, modeling that for us. Yeah. Like, this is how we're breaking the cycle. Because, dude, this passive aggressive shit is, I mean, imagine how it impacts people. It impacted me that one time I told you about. Mm-hmm. That shit was crazy. And it's impacting Unfortunately, my husband, I see how devastated he is that, you know, people are giving him the silent treatment instead of saying, like, let's talk this out. But again, like, you know, how it can be difficult when you don't have the skill set to have a conversation 
I think people can have a conversation and say like, you know what? We have a different perspective about how this is, how this went down. Um, and I still have a lot of feelings around this that, you know, and maybe we can just be okay, but I don't know that we can really be in each other's lives like before, because I just feel like you're not acknowledging that you hurt me. But for someone to actually say that in a conversation is very difficult. If you don't have all the tools to, to sit with those feelings. I think that I gave the silent treatment to a lot of people, you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because like I was telling you earlier today, like there's so many people that I haven't been talking to in a while and that have been hitting me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was that solar eclipse. Like seriously, like there's people that have called me or text me like apologizing for, for shit in the past. You know what I'm saying? And like, I think it's just so crazy. You know what I mean? Like We're going to take one of those calls live right now. <laughs> if you have an apology for Chubby's, please call 800 you know what I'm like, it, It's crazy because, yeah. you know, there's someone that I'm giving the silent treatment to right now. And I mean, it's not like I'm doing it to hurt that person. It's if that person were to call me out and say, hey, let's sit down and talk. Like that person's going to hear what I have to say, you and- know? And I think that there is a difference between giving someone the silent treatment versus stopping communication with somebody because you've had a conversation or you've made it known what's going on and they're still not going to acknowledge it. Then you're saying, I don't think I need, I can have communication with you. So there is a difference. So I think that your situation is more about you've hurt me. You're not acknowledging that or wanting to have a conversation. So I will stop communicating with you. And okay. and that is different than saying like, you know, I think silent treatment is more on, I don't know how to say this, the offender, offender. I hate saying that word, but you know, the person that's done the hurt and then you call them out on it and they're like, mm, this conversation is ended. Like that's really the silent treatment. Yeah. So if you're the person that has been hurt by the other one, then, and you say, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to have communication because this conversation isn't, you know, you're not willing to acknowledge the hurt you've done. That's different. That's just like cutting communication because you're, you, you have to protect your emotional, your um, emotional self. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) This eclipse thing that you said, I was like, I didn't even know there was a fucking eclipse. Yeah. I was like, girl, it's the, it's the lunar eclipse. It's bringing everybody. And it's crazy, though, because it takes a lot for someone to, like, admit that they're wrong. Yeah. And actually apologize for the pain they brought you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So both both conversations were, were got pretty deep. One of them was more important than the other one. You know what I'm saying? But I'm happy that, that we said what we had to say. Yeah. On well, both ends, you know? Well, I'm happy that you got a chance to, like, clear the air. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, sometimes that's a lesson, right? It's a lesson for us. Like, do we want to continue to have that energy? Like, I think it's one thing, you know, sometimes we just maybe aren't equipped to deal with the conflict. So we just like, I can't, I can't have this conversation right now. And then we, you know, we are like, I can revisit this later, but sometimes, you know, it's hard because we end up um, cutting off 
the opportunity to have a conversation. So, you know, I know there's people that have conflict with family members. They've, you know, they've had each said their piece. Obviously there wasn't, um, an agreement about like where the relationship was going to go going forward. And then one party was like, just cut somebody out. Or there has been periods of people that I know where family members just stopped talking to them. And that to me is very toxic. It's very um, dangerous to someone else, like to people. And it's very abusive. Oh, yeah. It is. Like if you got a problem with somebody and they have continually asked you, and trust me, I've totally done this before because I think <clears throat> the other the other thing is there's sometimes where you have like conflict with somebody and you try to tell them, like have a conversation and they're just spend the entire time trying to convince you of how you need to either forgive them or you're Me. wrong or you shouldn't <laughs> be. No, but like you should no, yeah, be yeah. mad at them and you're like, well, I, don't, I already know how this is going to go. Um, and I had a, an incident like that with somebody where it was like, this person is just going to beg me to continue to have them in my life. And I just can't handle this. Like, so, um, I basically, cause like they were calling and texting and messaging and blah, 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 blah. So finally I like literally had a block and I just like sent a text saying like, right now I'm really like cutting down my circle of people in my life. And I'm, I'm really just trying to stay with like these people, these trusted people that I see every day. And that person was, you know, that was my boundary. And so that person didn't make the cut person didn't make the cut. (laughs) And unfortunately kept like, even after I said that kept like fucking, texting and stuff and i'm like girl girl, get those bags and move on and i know you guys have had a situation like that hell yeah i don't think people get the point you know i'm saying like we're not texting you back we're not replying to your messages like you would think that okay well no like fuck these people they don't want me in their lives and fine but no yeah jesus christ it's like respecting your boundaries though too and boundaries were set Girl, <laughs> Jesus Christ. like, please go to therapy, whoever you are out there. I but, think everybody needs therapy. Yeah. I mean, one thing I will say, cause you know, a couple things, I know that there's some people who are like, oh, I didn't like therapy. And I think one, it's cause it touches on like all those things that are very hard to talk about. That was and me. Some people just like, aren't ready to have those uncomfortable conversations. And for those people... There's um there's a therapy and Prince Harry used it. It's called EDMR. And basically it's like processing your trauma like one it's like one of you like one day you talk about like, you know, they have you it it's it's just a very different like alternative therapy. And it's really for people that have had some really like extreme uh trauma. And who are, who cannot talk about it because regular therapy, they call it cognitive behavioral therapy is where you're like trying to make sense of like all these things that have happened or, you know, trying to make sense of like the behavior of the people in your life and like giving you tools to work through that. This is a little bit different because you're just processing. It's almost like you're taking this traumatic memory and you're repurposing it and into like almost like making sense of it. And then you're moving on to the next one. And it's really, 
I think for people that cannot talk about all this stuff to death, which is what you do in therapy most of the time, Mm -hmm. that is actually a really good alternative. Um, Because I think there, you have to like process what has happened to you and you have to make sense of it. Right. And so we have to like rewrite our stories in our head because when bad shit happens, we're like, I deserved that. Um, I did this and this is why this happened to me. Um, you know, I had something very traumatic happen to me when I was drunk. And for years I was like, well, if I wasn't drinking, then this wouldn't have happened to me, which isn't true at all. This other person was really fucked up. And, but it, but it took therapy for me to process that and like move on from it. Cause for years and years I was like, you know, blaming myself and it really, it was not my fault. I mean, I could not even, I probably should have did EDMR, but it wasn't in existence during that time. But I couldn't even like talk about it. And there was certain times of the year, especially around when it happened, I would just be a fucking mess, like crying like crazy. Like I could not even think about it. Mm -hmm. And, but I think that that's how therapy like really helped me process it. So, you know, or even the way our parents have treated us, like we can kind of be like feeling guilty about how we react to their treatment or, you know, um, try to make excuses about it. And I think it's good to have someone who is a professional guiding you through that, but definitely not all therapists are for everyone. So you definitely have to find the right one, the right one. But also it's good to ask yourself when you feel like you're struggling and you're uncomfortable, like, why am I feeling this way? And a lot of times it's because there's some accountability sometimes in our behavior that we may not want to take, you know? Yeah. Well, that was me too. Like when I first started therapy, when I ended up, you know, coming forward and letting, you know, people know about my dad's brother, like I must've gone to two, three sessions and I was, cause we had to relive everything. And she told me too, we have to relive everything because it's part of the investigation. Yeah. And I was like, after I think like the third session, like I told my mom, like, I don't want to go back. Like yeah. there's no point. And for a long time, I, cause he ended up hurting one of our, one of my cousins or yeah. You know, so for a long time, when I heard that he hurt my cousin, I felt like it's my fault. Like for a long time, like I would yeah. cry and say like, if I would have came forward when he first hurt me, then this wouldn't have happened to her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like for a long time, like I just, I had felt so guilty and I felt so bad and I even apologized you know, to her mom. And I said, if I would have came forward, you know, your daughter wouldn't have been hurt. And she's like, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Like he's sick in the head. And that's just something that he was going to do, whether you came forward or not. Look at him. He didn't, he didn't learn the first time. Yeah. And this is, you two are probably not the only victims that he has. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure there's. Oh, hell yeah. I think that there's a lot more family members that he has hurt and, you know, that will not come forward because they're not in a mean way, but just like I didn't have the courage to come forward. You know, they probably don't have the courage yet. Well, and you know, when, when people who are, who have been through, 
you know, any kind of like a sexual abuse or assault, like you're not, you're so unsupported because mm. people are always like, oh, they're probably lying, you know, which we've gotten that reaction, right? It's mm-hmm. like you're, you're lying or they're making it up or they're just trying to make, and it's like, you know, def- definitely um, one of those things where people feel scared to do it because they're shamed, you know? And I think the, the, you know, the, like the other piece of all this too, is that, you know, people start to be very, very passive aggressive when you're bringing something to light that is toxic within a family system. Mm -hmm. So then it becomes this, oh, we're not gonna, you know, we're, we're not gonna include you in stuff because you've brought shame to our family. And I wonder if that's like part of some of your experiences of like not being included in stuff like in your family is like they're, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. that like unconscious reminder. That's why some people are not included in my life. <laughs> well, I mean, because they, <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> it, I, but, but too, it's like, you know, some stuff we do to protect ourselves and our energy Mm. and some stuff people do to protect the family system and the toxicity that's in there. So for example, you know, this whole experience of us doing this podcast, like I know for a, for a fact that there are people who are very angry that we're talking about these experiences that we've had because we're like popping open, the lid off of toxic family behaviors. And that bandaid that kept. I know. Fucking kept on there or replaced. Like right. it's like you're taking it off and people are getting upset. You know what I'm saying? Because like in, in Mexican cultures, like it's hush, hush. We're a perfect family. We have no problems. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, I think we're bringing it, bringing to light that there is problems in a lot of families. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Even the, perfect ones are the ones that walk around acting like they're perfect. Like, yeah, you're not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I remember like in, you know, my family, certain, certain things going on with, you know, certain family members, like having affairs and it's like, Oh, let's, we got to keep that a secret. And it's like, you're fucking like, y'all are making us keep these secrets. It's like, um, that person shouldn't have fucking did that shit. You should have acted better Then no one would have anything to talk about. I mean, nobody's perfect. Right. And so it's like, you know, if we, if everything is out in the open already and something happens and like, we have a, a failure in our lives or, you know, like for example, um, you know, I got a job that I really loved and it did not work out. And I, I felt embarrassed to tell people that I didn't get fired by the way I quit, (laughs) but, but it was very, but it was really like depressing for me because (laughs) I just thought the way you said it. No, but like I, I had to, I had to, um, yeah, I've, I've never been fired, have been laid off of a job before, but I've never been fired, knock on wood. Um. But, you know, the thing is, is that there's 
we grow up with like this whole idea that like, oh, you can't bring any shame to the family. You shouldn't put shit out there. I mean, and this is, this, this goes far beyond Mexican families, like many, many families. It's everybody. Right. But it's like, but when we put stuff out there, you know, like mental health, let's like that for, for sure. Like they're like, oh, don't talk about that. I remember when I took Mateo's hearing aids when he was little and we sat down and we were at a baseball game and um, somebody was like, oh, one of the kids was like, oh, what's that in your ears? And the grandma was like, don't say anything. That's not none of your business. Like it was so shameful. And I was like, no, it's okay. What do you have questions about? And so we talked about it. So I said, you know, oh, Mateo, tell her about your hearing aids. And it was like this moment where this child was learning something and I let my child control, like, what do you want to share about your hearing aids? Or do you want to share something? Like, I was like, do you want to tell her about your hearing aids? She's curious about them. So you, you can tell her about them. So she she, was like, no, mind your business. (laughs) She, he was like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Mm. And the grandma was like, you know, kind of surprised. And I'm like, you know, when kids have questions, like, it's so nice to just be open about it. So it's not embarrassed. Like, it doesn't yeah. embarrass us. Like, I, I literally said that because it's like, you know, if we struggle, if we're having like things going on, like we shouldn't be embarrassed or ashamed of that, you know? And I know that like, me talking about how we have had our struggles in our family and our relationship and, you know, my own like mental health stuff. I'm not embarrassed of that. Like plot twist, bitch. Like you're not going to, I'm going to be like freaking Eminem and eight mile at the end. <laughs> when, like you can't make fun of me because I put my shit out there, Yeah, you know? Um, But definitely I think it's just like one of those things where when we can be out, out and open with our feelings and like, it's a regular thing. I mean, you think about like even how we communicate with each other, how we communicate like with our partners. And now we're seeing the people around us doing that too. Mm -hmm. I mean, people around us are starting to talk about therapy pretty openly. Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's like a really wonderful thing to see. Because I have like, like last time I told you, remember like messages of, People are saying, like, you know, I had stopped going to therapy, but I'm going again. Or, you know what, I'm, mm-hmm. I think I need therapy, but I'll come around to it. Just the fact that you're thinking about it is like, yeah, it's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, it's, it's a big step to take, mm-hmm. you know, to admit, like, I have stuff I need to work on. Like, for me, and, you know, I know somebody who, has been struggling for a very long time. And I said very directly to him, like, when are you going to get tired of suffering? Because when we're sitting here suffering in silence with the things that are troubling us or that are, you know, the challenges we're having and you think you can do it on your own and you see you're not doing it and you know, you're still struggling. Like at what point do you tell yourself, like, I'm tired of feeling this way. Yeah. Because therapy doesn't fix everything. I think therapy is almost like a class. You still got to do the homework and you still got to do the studying. You got to implement it in your life. You got to make it part of like your everyday stuff. So 
people can't go into it thinking like, I'm going to go therapy. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. Like all of my sex session. Like, you know, it doesn't work that way, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, nope. Yeah. But it also like, it takes so much. I feel like it takes so much weight off your chest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then talking to someone that there's a difference between talking to a friend, talking to a family member, because they're going to tell you what they want, what you want to hear. Yeah. And you're talking to a stranger who knows nothing about you and is going to tell you exactly how it is not what you want to hear but exactly how it is you know what i'm saying like and like my niece has been asking me a lot of questions about therapy and i tell her like it's the best thing ever like seriously yeah you know what i'm saying like you get so much weight <clears throat> so much weight off your chest like you get to have you know someone who knows nothing about you yeah nothing whatsoever about you they know what you're telling them but know nothing about you and they can give you the, the advice that they think is right for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And your therapist is already ready to ride or die. Yes. He's like, we ride at dawn. Mm -hmm. Who hurt you? Who he hurt you, girl? Really, he's like, I got you. <laughs> he asked you the other day, how's baby? I'm like, good. Uh, why you still look little? Why, why do you look bigger? And I was like, I eat. He's like, do you need me to go take you a bag of rice? I was like, no. I was like, what the hell? He's like, in my culture, we don't have a lot of rice. Yeah. He's like, rice is me showing you that I care about you. And I was like, oh, I'm all right. He's going to bring you a big Costco bag of rice. He's like, I can take you a big old bag of rice. And I was like, I'm all right, dude. I'm eating. You're like, sir, there's therapy boundaries here. You're not supposed to be buying your client's rice. He's I can take you a bag of rice. I told Susie, too. Susie, like, what the hell? Oh. Well, I I think it speaks to like the kind of energy that you have. Mm -hmm. And like, this is something I've always like have, have seen is that people really want to be around you. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's, um, you know, it's because of how you are, like you have this very pure energy. Um, and also I think that's why, you know, like, you really have to to protect your energy as well because it's like a commodity. We all, you know, have this. But I will say, like, since you've, I know I've told you this before, but since you've been going to enter, um, to therapy, I just see like this peacefulness about you. Um, that it's like, yes, there's still things that you deal with and you still express those feelings. But I also think like the hurt and the pain that was behind it before is like a lot, a lot less. And I feel like you always talk about it too. Like you always say, um, there's nothing wrong with crying. You know what I'm saying? Which there isn't. I almost cracked on one of the last, you know, and I admitted that I almost cried in one of the last episodes. I think it was the holiday one. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I felt my voice cracking and I felt my eyes getting water. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I feel like a lot of the times before when we first started the podcast. Yeah. I would, I would always cry before we would go on, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like now, like it's easier for me to talk about certain things, you know what I'm saying? Without crying. Yeah. Not that there's, like I said, nothing wrong with crying, you know what I'm saying? But I no, feel like. She still hasn't cried on, the, on a podcast, <laughs> so she's not allowed herself huh. to cry. But. Uh, hey the, girl, I got, I got Kleenex here. I know okay? you do, but you know Kleenex. what I'm saying? Like. I feel like therapy has helped me like yeah. a lot. And I always say it. And then I always think my therapist, like after each session, is that like, you got anything for me? And I always tell them like, thank you. Like, thank you for helping me out. Like you have really made a big impact in my life. Like you helped me get through so much. And 
And I appreciate it, you know? Yeah. He gets all shy. And, you know, <laughs> I love you, Lydia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I think I can't say it enough. Like, everybody needs therapy. Like, yeah, you don't have to have problems like the ones we have, we've had. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. But, I mean, just talking to someone, it will always help you out. Yeah. I mean, I think just increasing your emotional maturity, which... I've had to do that. I know, you know, you've done that too. Just being able to like actually, you know, express your feelings, learn how to express your feelings in a way that is healthy, like, you know, and being able to manage your feelings when they come and being okay, like sitting with stuff Mm -hmm. because like shit, I'll tell you for like a good chunk of my life, I was super anxious. So my way of dealing with like this anxiety was either... I would like just snap at people or I was kind of like this person that would be like totally like disconnect, you know, and like just be like, I'm, I'm just gonna emotionally disconnect where I would be driving to work and wouldn't even remember driving there. Cause I would just be so like, you know, Oh shit. and, um, the other day I, I think I'm just, I, I'm so busy at work. So this just tells me like, I really need to like chill. And we were traveling all month. I mean, literally on a plane, like so many times last month that, um, I know I need to like take a good rest, but which thankfully I did last weekend, but, um, I was driving and I'm like, Holy fuck. How did I get over here? Like I could not remember. And that has not happened for a while, but I think it's like, connecting back to your body, connecting back to your feelings, being able to like express that. And I was watching like, have you ever seen that show a million little things? Mm -mm. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Okay. But like, it's kind of like, this is us where you cry a lot, you know? So basically it's this group of friends and one of the friends commits suicide. And so they're all dealing with the aftermath and, you know, they're like this family, like this chosen family. And I feel like, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of like how we all are with like all of our group, you know, like we're all these people that some of us, yes, are some of you are related. Some of us are, you know, not, blood related, but you know, it's like, we just all come together and we're like raising kids together and supporting each other. So it just, it's such a great show, but, um, it ended just like the spring and one of the main characters like has this health thing going on. And I swear to you, I was like sitting here by myself on my lunch hour and I was totally crying, like full on crying. And I was like, I just think I needed that. Like, there's nothing for me to be sad about right now. Like, things are so great. But I felt like I had been so overwhelmed with, like, so much. It is good stuff, you know. It's good stuff that we've been um, experiencing. But I just think, like, just sometimes we need to just chill and slow down. And I, like, busted out crying. I was literally crying for, like, 45 minutes. My eyes were all swollen. I had to go on a Zoom and my coworker's like, are you all right? And I'm like, I, it's just allergies. Like, I was like, I don't want to explain that I was crying on this about this TV show, but I just needed to have like that release. And then I feel like the, the next few days after that were like, great. Like I felt like, okay, like I slept so good. Like, so I feel like therapy is very similar to that where you're just like, I need to release what I'm holding in. And, um, and even without like, you know, some people, if they, if they can't do therapy or whatever, 
like doing stuff that really taps into processing like what has happened, journaling, you know, talking about your feelings, um, you know, just I think all of that could can really be helpful. And I think for us, like doing this, like talking about this, like there, yes, we used to prepare and be fucking crying for mm-hmm. like two hours before we would do our podcast. And we don't do that that much anymore. Sometimes we still, <laughs> <laughs> but not, not like we used to before. I feel like yeah. we used to, it'd be like freaking really like, like Kim K crying, Kim Kardashian crying. But I, but I do think that number one, we, it, we're processing this together, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of rest, you're over there. I can't sleep. I know I your like, baby, your baby's she's like, like, she's getting you ready for like the mom life. I'm taking a break from the mom life in the beginning. I just, Susie, <laughs> boy, you're snoring. I'm over here fucking that. Being able to sleep, like I'm moving, like back and forth, back and forth. And she was like, like, what was it? Um, the day before yesterday, I literally had to get up and walk back and forth in the room because I sleep on my left side, and if I'm not positioned the way she wants me to be positioned, like she'll she'll start kicking, kicking. and it's not little kicks; it's like some fucking mm-hmm. hard ass kicks. You know what I'm saying? Like. I- She's and already being Susie, Susie, huh? Susie, I swear, I told like, this little girl is going to be, like, your... Very particular. No, it's going to be Susie. She's another Susie, like... And then I'll go to my left, to my right, I'm sorry, and she doesn't like the right. So she starts kicking, like, on my ribs. So then I, let, like, lay straight, but they say that's not good, yeah. you know? So I lay straight for a couple minutes, and then I lay back on my right. And then until she... Until I get a certain way with my pillow... That's it. She'll let me like close my eyes for a couple minutes. And then one of my fucking nerves on my left, oh, you're saying, on my uh, thigh, mm-hmm. like I had to fucking get an ice pack and put it on my thigh because I I think I'm just, my body's tired of laying this way. You know what I'm saying? So I told Susie like, the first thing I'm going to do when she's born is sleep on my stomach. I That's how I sleep all the time. That's what I miss the most. Oh my gosh. But yeah, like. Even it's, my doctor's like, do you sleep? And I'm like, no. <laughs> She's like, oh, unfortunately, I can't give you anything to sleep. Like, you know, but yeah. she said, don't worry. We're almost there. And I was like, easier said than done. Yeah. The last month is the hardest, I think, because your body is like, just like, I need this, this baby out. Yeah. And then it feels, literally feels like your vagina is about to fall out. And slow it down, girlfriend. I don't want to get that. <laughs> I tell everybody, like, I'm ready to give birth just minus the giving birth part like the baby coming out of your vagina i don't really care for that like the baby to come out you know what i'm saying i fear the contractions i don't like honestly that's the easiest you know that told me what the other day we sat down we're talking and she's like sweetie you're worried about contractions and i said yes and she's like look at your arms they're all tatted up you mean to tell me that you don't like pain. You like pain. And I was he like, it's not you the same. You know that. Girl, it's my like, kuka, man. I was like, Lita, this is a head coming out of. Uh, 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 and she's like, well, tough shit, sweetie. She's like, you need to hurry up and bring her into this world because everybody's waiting for her. Oh, my gosh. I was very afraid. And I, I just 
watch too many like I these birth videos. So don't do that. Hell no. And I ended up getting a C-section. And so I didn't have to experience all that. And I only, I only got to four centimeters. I had like four really terrible contractions. I was like, if it felt like bad period cramps, really bad. And I used to have them so bad that I was I like, have them bad before. And I was able to handle those suckers. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like it'll probably be fine. That's what Sue's mom said. She's you like, know, you're built like I a think- bull. <laughs> and you had a mama that had lots of babies. So, yeah, and I was 10 pounds. Girl. <laughs> And my mom was like, I'm surprised your mom didn't stop after you. <laughs> Shit. Why'd you look at my head? Did you? <laughs> I was seeing if you had a Marquez head because the Marquezes have my mom's big like, heads. Look at Frank. Was, and, what size oh, is your hat? Oh. What size is your hat? Uh, this is a snapback. Oh. Usually I wear 718. So if anybody it, wants to buy their hat, 718. Isn't 718? that your hat size, Frank? No, Frank 714. Are you seven and a fourth? Seven and four. I have to always ask her what his. Yeah, I never remember. I think we bought you like two hats off for like I think your birthday. Well, he's got a big head, and his child, his child got a big head too. Yeah, two heads. The World Series. Was it the? I think so. Something like that. Well, definitely. uh, Hopefully, I'm praying your child does not have a large head. Hey. And that you have a safe oh, and yeah. healthy delivery. Every, and every night. We're going to have a little baby on our, not the next podcast, because we still have some weeks to go. But yeah. uh, I don't know, because uh, I'm 35 weeks as of Sunday. I know, but and hopefully. And the doctor said, I'm, doctor said, I'm shooting for 37 weeks. Wait, I'm 37, 35 weeks as of Sunday. And she's shooting for 37 weeks for the baby to be here. She thinks the baby's coming at 37. Mm-hmm. Girl, we better start cranking out these podcasts then. <laughs> but we're going to have a baby on on our part, podcast soon enough. A car seat. A baby, a baby in the background. She's going to be crying. I'm going to be like, can you please be quiet for one hour? Thank you very much. Just kidding. I would never say that to her. I'm going to be like, give her the microphone. Let's hear We're gonna her put voice. Her on the mic for ten minutes. Yeah, you're gonna hear baby. Her little breathing. Um, <laughs> all, all deep breathing on here. Um. All right. Well, that is all we have, and uh, yeah. So we'll see. We're gonna have a few guests, hopefully. Yeah, we're gonna have more guests as we get stuff going again. I do want to just mention we know that we're not really seeing these weekly because this shit is very hard. We've been busy. Um, this woman is preparing for a child to come, which requires a lot of stuff. So um, mm. we'll just keep it by by weekly, and then um, you know we may have some guest hosts as this baby is born because you definitely want to re, re uh, make sure your vagina is recuperated before <laughs> you come back here. Um, plus, you're probably gonna be tired because yeah. this baby sounds like she's a night owl. Yes, already. If it's any indication, don't um, worry. Her mama will take care of her. Mama number two. Her mom. Oh, we're like we got a podcast to record. Susie, come get this baby. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, Please keep uh, following us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And also, please, please um, 
spread the word spread bird. the word can you we've all been trying to make this woman a stay-at-home mom yeah. okay we've, we've been hearing people are obviously talking about the podcast just give us a follow okay. give us five stars on apple yep. uh podcasts as well because yeah i need to be a stay-at-home mom for my cats and my dogs because your cat's licking himself behind you oh my gosh <laughs> oh god all right all right, all right. have a good night good night everybody take care